Cascadia and the edge of the world, Euphomet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry. Good evening, I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to Night Drift, presented by Euphomet. Tonight, a podcast-exclusive Night Drift. It's a conversation I had while in Orlando, Florida this last weekend with Ghost Ambassador Ting Rappa. Her team of investigators guide folks through what they believe to be very real haunted locations in the oldest parts of the town, uncovering Orlando's real history in what many call the happiest place in the world. But it turns out it's not all magic castles and resorts here. It's an old place, a swamp. It's full of life and death. Tang Rappa shares with us stories about just this and how her connection to what many consider the other side is maybe much closer than many. We were walking through a beautiful old neighborhood while recording this. That's tonight on Night Drift. I'm Jim Perry, and we'll be right back after this. Let's see, how do I want to set this up? I've never done like a weird documentary slash night drift broadcast. And I guess that's probably exactly how this one starts. Is me just... We're not in the theme parks. We're on a normal street. (laughs) (laughs) So where where are we at right now? We're in a neighborhood in Maitland. (laughs) The not so scary part of Orlando. the posh the historical section of it <laughs> yeah and the and the scary stuff i mean some would maybe describe scary uh resides in maybe like the haunted house that we just stepped outside of right yes or maybe you wouldn't house. quantify it as scary i don't know <laughs> um it's intriguing they're friendly spirits so I, I don't do anything that's malicious or harmful i like my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> there is a fine balance there yes, and so it is. I'm with Ting, and she's a part of American Ghost Adventures, who leads tours and has a group of tour guides and ghost investigators that, uh, I, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, typically lead people through like kind of an amazing downtown Orlando tour of some of the haunted locales. And, and it sounds like you provide a lot of historical context for that as well, right? We do. We provide a lot of uh, accurate history, as like I like to say. We uh, provide first-hand ghost stories and the not-so-scary ghost stories, if that makes any sense. We want yeah. a positive influence for people to want to come back. Um, that understands that you know Hollywood glorifies the gore of stuff, but we glorify the happy haunts here in Orlando. Yeah. Do you would you say that's like kind of a defining feature here in Orlando, like the ha- the happy haunt that? You know, uh, more often here, uh, unlike maybe other like sort of vaulted, haunted locations, there is like more of a, a positive space here. I'm gonna say yes. I mean, we are the happiest place on earth, so why not have the happiest haunts, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you're right about that. Right. We we focus more on the happy stuff. Um, like I said, there's a lot of things that people like to focus on the dark stuff. Um, what about the light side? Let's do that. You know what I mean? Let's not have to go to a jailhouse to find a ghost or a prison or an insane asylum. You can find a, a ghost in a, a normal house in a normal neighborhood. Um, you said something really theme funny. Parks. Yeah, the, like a few minutes ago where it's like you ask some of those folks that that's all they do. Like, is that where you go for fun? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the ghost hunters, you know, that are starting out or um, that always approach me, they're like, why do you think ghosts are so happy? I'm like, 
that's because I bring the positive energy. That's what I focus on. What you bring into your environment is what you're going to get back in your environment. So I don't like going to jails. I don't like going to insane asylums. I don't need to go to the dark spaces to prove that there are ghosts there. Um, that's what they're telling me that they, they go there for. But I ask them, do you usually hang out in a jail? <laughs> do you go visit so many of the jails? Do you go to an insane asylum just to hang out there? No. Okay, then why would you do that in, you know, in your afterlife? Why would you punish yourself? You know, so I like to go to theme parks. I go into parks. I like going to the less known haunts where you can't Google it and go, there's a scary man here. Nope, let's find out. Right. Let's give them a fresh start. Let's find out why you think it's so scary here. It must be a misinterpretation mm. of communications. You're trashing his house. That's probably why he's mad, you know, mm. or you're not welcome in this little area because this is where he's buried and you keep stepping on him every day. Yeah, right. There's mis, you know, misunderstandings. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, just a collection of misunderstandings that inform what that investigator or even kind of onlooker, what their experience could be. Because they're bringing all that baggage to it, yeah? Is that what you Correct. think? Correct, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just misinterpretations and miscommunications. And uh, if you find out what they want and what you're doing wrong, it's corrected, they're all happy. Well, that must be like a really enlightening way to go about this process for yourself, being that you have that perspective, you're able to share that with other people. That probably leads to you having those more progressive, positive experiences by just simply communicating better. Yeah, absolutely. We get so much more activity because we say please and thank you and we're respectful and we get their um, history correct. You know, it's kind of like if you have somebody that's in a murder house, let's say, and you're like, so-and-so murders somebody. You're like, wait a second, as a ghost, I didn't do that. My brother did that, you know? Or you you hear a story of a known haunt and you keep calling for Caroline and your name is Jennifer. Are you going to answer? No, because they're calling for Caroline. I'm not going to help you. You keep calling for Jennifer. Wait for Jennifer to come help you. Yeah. You know, so going into a place that's uh, new, not known, is a challenge. I love commercial buildings because the ghosts come and go. They're not stuck in one place, mm. you know, whereas if you do a residential house, uh, you're more likely going to run into somebody that owned the house, lived in the house and stuff like that. But in a commercial space, it's all free game. It's like you and I walking in and out of a business. It's so interesting because, you know, a lot of people will talk about liminal spaces, right? And these spaces where transient energies, you know, kind of kind of converge. And like you mentioned in the house back there, the, the ability for some of these things to almost act as a vortex, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Like maybe this idea that, you know, places like that could be a vortex and, and, and how to, you know, what are the results of that? I believe that certain architecture that certain <laughs> certain um, architectures house energy so I mean so certain buildings will hold energy just like anything else um, and certain land have so much more emotion and, and effects on people that it houses that sorry helicopter but yeah I mean let's let's look at what we're known for Disney World. I work out in that area and I can walk through the Magic Kingdom and actually feel where somebody had an argument at one point in time because that argument happens there so many times. You know, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm not hungry, you're hungry, you're tired, you're crying. Mm. All those emotions gather in those areas and it causes a dividend in the timeline right there. Mm. And when you walk through it, you can actually feel that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you feel like um, you being able to do that, you maybe possess, uh, you know, a, a 
hypersensitive act, you know, uh, ability, uh, psychic ability to some extent? Or do you think this is something that if people just took a breath, they could experience themselves? Or what do you, what do you think? As a kid, I was really scared of ghosts. We never really talked about it. My parents are Buddhists. My sister's Catholic. My grandparents are uh, Lutheran. <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know. My partner at, uh, in the fire department is Jewish. So I'm exposed to all kind of religions and stuff like that. It is genetics, I will say that. My kids are able to see spirits also. I don't call myself a psychic. I can't, you know, predict everything that's going to happen. I'm definitely um, sensitive to that kind of stuff. I didn't understand it for the longest time. Probably in the last 10 years, I finally became comfortable with my skin. Does that make sense? Like, I, mean, yeah. I can actually now acknowledge I am known as the Scooby-Doo of ghost hunting. <laughs> <laughs> there's something down that way? I'm not going. You go first. <laughs> well, maybe there's a Scooby snack down there? Okay. <laughs> but unless there's a reward at the end of there, I'm not really wanting to go down that dark hallway. Yeah. Um, so within the last 10 years, I would say that I opened my mind up to it. Um, and I've actually realize I don't have to convince people that there are ghosts. Mm. It's not my job to convince them. I'll give you the evidence. I'll give you the area that I've seen something at. And you tell me, you could take me anywhere and I can go, huh, this is what happened here. How did I know that without researching it, without ever seeing it? I just touched that and I knew that, Yeah. you know? And right. people can, I think now they actually realize, hey, maybe she is telling the truth, you know, that kind of thing. You know, yep, I can research Harry Buffalo's down at downtown Orlando and tell you all the building's history and stuff like that. But if you just said, hey, Tang, let's go for a ride, took me somewhere, and go, what happened here? In a totally different state where I don't know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm able to come up with it. How, do, how does that happen, right? Was there a time in your life where you felt people didn't believe you in, in that regard and that was something you had to, like, work through? Still today. Yeah. So I work for a fire department. <laughs> so I work with very masculine men and mm -hmm. egos that are bigger than big. Yeah. And uh, when I first got hired onto this other department, um, the house, the the firehouses were haunted, 100% haunted, and they only have four. And so it's a smaller department, and uh, I was wigging out a little bit because I was like, "Oh, this place is not supposed to be haunted." Mm. And uh, I would see more spirits than I normally would see, and uh, I guess a couple of them I confided in and rumors started spreading. Hmm. Ting's the ghost girl. And it was kind of funny. And I actually got called into the chief's office and they were like, Ting, you're scaring <laughs> the crew members. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to. I was just <laughs> stating what I see. Right. You know, I'm, I'm trying to sleep too and there's the guy that we ran on the car accident is standing at the foot of our bed. Oh my what God. Am I, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so it's kind of interesting. And, and he goes, well, they think you're a witch. And I go, well, do I have to take a swim test? <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So, yeah, I mean, even to this day, people think I'm crazy. I'm socially awkward. You know what I mean? I'll go to places where I'm like, <gasps> they're like, what? I'm like, nothing. Just keep on moving. <laughs> you know, my husband, we've been married for over 20 something years, and he is a total skeptic. A few weeks ago, he got to see his first ghost. Really? He saw his first ghost and he flipped. He flipped. He called me at work and he's panicking. He goes, okay, what did you bring home? <laughs> I go, I didn't bring anything home. What do you mean? Soda's in the refrigerator. And he's like, no, <laughs> there's a man in our house. And I'm like, oh, is he wearing a suit? And he's short and uh, where is, it's a white color suit. And he goes, yes. How did you know that? And I go, because I told you he was there. 
and he didn't believe me for the longest time and he finally got to see it. He was doing laundry out of the corner of his eye. He saw movement, the dogs barking and he personally witnessed this and it freaked him out so much that he forgot to turn the dryer on. And we work, you know, 24, 48 hour shifts. The clothes didn't get dried and I had to rewash the clothes again. I'm like, why didn't you turn on the dryer? And he's like, I was scared, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so now he believes me, you know, I'm like, now do you believe me? He goes, a little bit more. I can't figure out how you did that, but yeah, that was strange. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, after all those years of being together, you know, having children, living your life, him, you know, uh, you know, sort of hearing about what your experiences are and what your other job is, right, yeah. with these tours, was that like an extreme moment of validation for you? Yeah, I mean, it was for me and it was for him. I mean, he's gone to other places with me. We've been together now longer than we've been apart, if that makes any sense. And uh, there's places he'll go with me and I'll go, hey, by the way, that's a hanging tree. And he's like, how do you know that? I go, because there's people sitting in it. They're waving at us right now, way back. <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to do that just to please you. I'm like, well, thank you. Just do that, <laughs> you know, because they're all looking at us. And uh, we'll take a tour later on. And guess what? We'll end up at that tree. And the guy will go, this is the hanging tree. And he'll go, how did you know that? Or if I lean up on a building and I'm like, uh, I think there was a fire here at one point in time. And he's like, what do you mean? I go, mm, I hear screaming people. And he goes, there's nobody screaming. There's nobody here. And I'm like, I know that. I'm just letting you know something tragic really happened in this building. And then I will pull my hand away from it. And again, on the tour later on, they'll go, this is where a commercial fire happened. It was a laundry room or whatever. Caught on fire. People jumped out of the windows and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And then he'll just look at me. He'll just look at me like, I don't know how you did that, but that was strange. And we'll, we have never been to that city. Like I said, there's no way that I could have researched it. And I mean, he gets fascinated by that. Like, I don't know how you did that, but okay. But he, I think he's skeptical just so that he's comfortable. Like this really bothered him. He still talks about it to this day and it's been a couple of weeks and he'll go, is that man still here? I'm like, I don't know, can you see him? So he'll laugh about it. He's like, no, but can you tell him to leave? <laughs> so I'm gonna walk around with no pants on. <laughs> Some privacy, please. Oh my that's gosh. Funny, that's... You know, it's this normal everyday stuff that people just don't realize. You know, they're all around us. I mean, think about how many people die and stuff like that. And just some people are much more sensitive to this kind of stuff than other people are. You know, we don't all have to be wearing black. You know, we don't all have to be gothic looking. You want to go that way? Yeah, sure. Get out of the wind. See that not so elegant move, me trying to block the wind from. <laughs> We actually had a breeze in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, yeah, I came here during that time uh, while trying to record outside. Uh, we <laughs> the easy sounds of a yes, moving tent. Yes, exactly. And that over there looks wild too. Yeah, that was just trying to get you there. That's kind of cool. What is, what is this? It's just an art center. And this is their outdoor event venue area. Wow. So it's artsy, collective, uh, sculptures and stuff like that. It's beautiful. There's like a gecko or something. It's <laughs> good times. People are listening to this right now in Seattle, Washington on Night Drift, and they're probably, they're probably freezing. They're probably wet. And I'm telling you right now, I'm watching geckos run up walls uh, with a warm breeze. So I'm not trying to brag or anything, but... <laughs> yeah, we're hitting almost 80-something degrees here <laughs> in March. Right, right, right. Uh, you're listening to Night Drift. I'm Jim Perry. We're recording this in Orlando. I'm with my new friend Ting, and right after this, you'll hear more conversation about, I don't know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about downtown Orlando, sure. and we'll talk about where we just left, which is an amazing lakeside haunted house.
That's on Night Drift right after this. And our relationship to it. This is Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. All right, we're back here on Night Drift. I'm Jim Perry. You're listening to this on 1150 AM KKNW in Seattle and worldwide, streaming at euphemet.com, or you can find that at nightdrift.com. That's a site that I created to just go with this program. And I'm walking around in Orlando. And, and in particular, what, what's, the, what's the neighborhood or the part of Orlando we're in right now? It's called Maitland. Um, it's near the Maitland Art Center. I don't know if there's a technical name for it or anything, but it's... Uh, a, a really ritzy area of Maitland, so it's yeah. kind of cool. It's, it's really charming. Of Orlando. It's super charming, but of course it is because it looks like you have to be a multi-millionaire to live here. <laughs> so. Pretty much, pretty close. But there was a family at one time that lived by the lake that probably weren't multi-millionaires, but were just good at surviving. <laughs> and we, we just came from there. Can you explain a little bit about um, the, the water house? 
Sure, it's called the Waterhouse Museum. It was a residence that uh, was built there way back in the early 1900s. And uh, they donated it to the city of Maitland, so now it is a museum that anybody can come visit. And supposedly it's one of the more haunted museums here in Orlando. Has several different spirits in it, one very, very famous one that stands at the windows and stares back out at you. And while we were there today, we were upstairs, you were looking across the way to sort of like the addition of the house. And you, you felt like you maybe saw someone, something looking back at you from the other side, yeah? Absolutely. So one of the curators said that she opened the curtains, which is not normal uh, that I've been there. And that curtain has always been drawn, but the curtain this time was open. And I was looking across from the other balcony and uh, basically, yeah, saw a figure standing there. And I know it wasn't a reflection of anybody. And that's when we learned that she started opening the curtains there. So that makes a lot more sense because the spirit there is probably looking out the window, looking at the great view of yeah, the lake. Yeah, like these curtains are open. <laughs> right? <laughs> they finally got the hint. Yeah. And so your relation to that place, your, your relationship to that place is very interesting. And your introduction to it was, was really cool. Can you share a little bit about how that how that occurred, how you found this place? Sure. So the, the Waterhouse Museum was is always looking to do renovations, so they need a, an income to come in. So they started exploring ghost tours. So they contacted us, and we did what we call a cold walkthrough of it. Uh, none of the team members knew anything about the house. And as we walked through the park and onto the property, we saw a lady standing at the window staring back at us. And when we met up with the uh, museum staff, they said, there's nobody in the house. And I said, no, there's an old lady standing up at that window looking at us. And they started giggling right off the bat because that was one of their known haunts. People will walk in this park and they always says, hey, there's a light on in there or there's a lady staring at us. We didn't know anybody was living there. Um, they're like, well, nobody lives here. It's a museum now. And so that was our introduction to the Waterhouse Museum. Unreal. And so at that point in time, did, did I mean, that must have just completely encouraged you to uh, shoo everyone else out of the building, aside from your team, <laughs> and just start engaging with that place, yeah? Absolutely, and it did not disappoint. So one of the curators and one of the managers was with us. Actually, a group of them were walking with us, and we went into one of the rooms, and we made contact with a little boy that was in the house, and he requested that we play marbles with him. So for the next 30 minutes, we have grown adults all sitting on this museum floor playing marbles with this little spirit ghost who was rolling the marbles at us. Let me ask you this, in, in those moments in time when you experience that in an investigation, how does it feel? Like what are the, what are the, the, the things going through like your, your head and your heart at that moment? It makes you giddy. It makes you giddy for sure because you're like, I told you so. <laughs> I'm not as crazy as everybody thinks I am. You know what I mean? I am crazy. I admit. Socially awkward. Absolutely. But here it is. We're playing marbles and I got you to play marbles with me with this ghost. You know, so it's kind of neat that, you know, you are able to take people that are skeptical of it and actually get to witness what you can see and experience. So it's kind of neat. It makes your heart smile. That's the only thing I could say. That's so interesting because in a way, I mean, you're, you're getting a lot out of those experiences in a couple different ways, right? Absolutely. You're not only showing people what this reality is, you're showing them what your world is like as well. Yes, yes. And then you're taking them in from their reality and they're, um, you know, not saying closed-minded, but basically being able to open their minds up to other things that there are other possibilities. There's not just, you know, the living. There's the dead side and that they still, there's life beyond death. 
So it's kind of cool. And sometimes we actually are able to communicate with their loved ones. And that's truly amazing. Amazing. Most people start crying, having emotional, you know, breakdowns, and they're like, "Thank you for letting me say goodbye to my loved one that I wasn't able to say goodbye to." We don't usually advertise that because it just happens when it happens. So it's kind of neat. In locations that their relatives, for example, have no relationship to whatsoever, a situation that perhaps those individuals brought their relatives with them. Yes, they brought them on tour. So that's one of my catch lines now on tours. Please understand that some of these ghosts may belong to you and you will have to take them with you. <laughs> I can't put them on payroll. So it's kind of neat. So they're like, oh, they'll look at me funny at first. And I go, you guys will understand this if it happens. And sometimes by the end of the tour, they, the spirits that came with them learn how to communicate with us through our equipment. And I'll go, hey, by the way, your grandmother's here. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, Grandma Betty is here? And she says she's disappointed that you didn't put the shoes up. <laughs> and they're like, how did you know that? Because Grandma Betty is standing right here <laughs> shaming you <laughs> for yeah. not putting your shoes up. Right. No, so it's kind of neat. So it's kind of neat. Well, how do you know it's Grandma Betty? Well, let me tell you. Let's play name three things, okay? So let's go over here and have you write her favorite color. And I'm going to not know what those colors are, what that the answer is. And you're going to give me multiple choices and through our instruments, We'll ask Grandma Betty to verify what her favorite color is. Like, Grandma Betty, is your favorite color blue? If it is, please turn on a flashlight or cross the dowsing rods or make a light go off or something. Is it yellow? Is it orange? Is it green? And she'll choose one of those. And they're like, oh, that is Grandma Betty's favorite color. All right. Name a pet's name that I wouldn't know. Write it down. Okay. Let's do multiple choices again. And if it happens, those instruments will cross or turn on and off. And they're like, okay, this is verifiably Grandma Betty that's standing in front of us. It's neat. Well, and it must be so emotional for people, right? Yeah. And so when these things cross over into, I mean, I don't, listen, I think a lot of us, when we get into this, there's a personal connection to it, right? Like for us. But once we see others pulled in that direction and having an emotional reaction to these experiences they can't explain or that are being revealed to them, maybe sometimes for the first time, right? Yeah. Um, how, how do you process that internally and what do you tell them, for example, someone who's experiencing this for the first time, how, how they potentially can like process that themselves? Take it as a miracle. Take it as a miracle. Uh, it won't, it may not ever happen again. Now that they communicate, maybe they are at peace now. They may not visit you for a long period of time or now do what you need to do. Live life. Don't grieve so much. They don't want you to grieve or they want you to do this. Now you completed that task, you know, be happy about it. Um, live in pieces, basically. Do right. Be good to others. You know, don't be judgmental. Understand that, you know, somebody has lost somebody doesn't mean they've lost them forever. That they're still with you. It's okay. You may not be able to see them physically, but in spirit, they are with you. It's kind of cool. Oh, it's super cool. <laughs> I mean, it's like you're, you're, you're helping kind of change people's lives in that regard. Yeah. I mean, and when I went into the ghost tour business, had no idea what I was getting into. You're almost mentally helping some people get past some stuff. Um, you're, you know, relaying messages from the dead to the living, the living back to the dead, reconnecting them sometimes. It's, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. We've been very blessed and fortunate to be able to do that we're not just a ghost tour company so that's the, the fun part of it yeah some people 
you know, might go thinking, well, this will be, I don't know, maybe scary or maybe historical uh, or maybe I just like going into, you know, dark buildings. <laughs> uh, they might not necessarily at first blush think, oh, I'm going to feel different about the nature of reality. Right. I didn't know I was going to go talk to grandma, yeah. my dead grandma. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it is a difference. I didn't know what a ghost tour was either when I started in the business. I thought it was like a haunted house. I'm going to see a ghost because it's called a ghost tour. And I realized as I started doing these things that it's called a ghost tour because it's talking about history's past. And not all ghost tours are going to be scary and spooky. Some are historical. They're more historical walks, you know. They are in periodic costumes and clothing and they just point to different buildings and tell you the history of it and then you have what we call investigators investigative ghost tours that's what we're into and we basically try to communicate with the spirits with instruments and stuff like that um it, there's different ones and you just got to ask people what kind of tour are you providing us tonight but just know that it's not usually a haunted house there's not usually scare actors there's no gore for the most part, if it's a true ghost tour or a ghost tour. Yeah, right. That like verges into like fun house, haunted, mm -hmm. you know, horror house kind of stuff. Yeah, so if people are going to a ghost tour to get scared, you're going for the wrong reason. Yeah, interesting. I mean, a lot of investigators do that though, right? Uh, a lot of investigators uh, try to scare, you know, that's why they go to the insane asylums and jails and stuff like that. Um, if you ask them, they'll say, well, it's because I'm trying to prove there's a ghost. Again, we go back to that same thing. Ghosts don't just go to scary places, you know. Uh, you just can't limit it. And ghosts don't just happen at nighttime, you know. You know, ghost tours are performed at nighttime just for the ambiance. That's all it is for. Ghost energy can happen at any time, like that Waterhouse Museum. In the middle of the day, most of the staff members experience the paranormal yes. during the middle of the day. Yeah. You know, they're the stories they were telling. So great. Yeah. So it's middle of the day. So there's no there. There's such a thing, a witching hour, but that's not the only magical hour that you're going to see a ghost. Because if that was true, then why aren't we all staying up at 3 o'clock and just waiting for the ghost stuff to happen? Yeah. Right? <laughs> why don't we have all our cameras and equipment ready? Yeah. You know? Right, right. So I always find that funny when people in ghost store ghosts at 11 o'clock, they see this ghost. And why aren't we here at 11? Why are we here at 7? <laughs> <Right, laughs> Where's right. the camera crew? Right, right. <laughs> you well, know? I mean, you know... Um, Let's talk a little bit about downtown Orlando. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think the country really knows much about downtown Orlando and I don't know its ability to be a very old haunted location. Right? Can can you just tell me a little bit in brief about uh, what do we not know about downtown Orlando? Downtown Orlando is a lot older than people realize. A lot of people come on my tour thinking it's only been there since 1971. <laughs> you know, you're like, no, 1971 is when Disney came into town and put Orlando on the map. But it's been here forever. I mean, uh, St. Augustine is two hours away, and that's the oldest city in the United States. So when people started leaving that area, they went north, they went west, they went east, and they went south. And Orlando was one of the destinations that you could actually walk to in a few days. Wow. And people settled there, you know. So Orlando's quite old. In 1857 is when Orlando was kind of established. And then 1875, it was named Orlando, the city beautiful kind of thing. You know, that's the logo that everybody knows. Mm -hmm. But it's gone through several different names and stuff like that. But it's quite old itself. I mean, we have a building down there where it was an old saloon. It's kind of neat um, where it was an official brothel. You know, it's right next to a train station. 
and people came down here because after the Civil War they're trying to settle the South and basically if you could live through the Indian attacks, the malaria, the yellow fevers and everything else, after so many years your land was free and clear. I mean you are coming to the Australia of the United States where everything wants to eat you, <laughs> kill you, and taste you. <laughs> that guy tasted like chicken. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and we're a little different. We don't take everything so seriously. As you can say, we like to have fun on our tours. So it's, a, it's you know, we want to make history come to life. So we don't go, shh, you gotta be quiet in this entire investigation. You know, spirits are people at one point in time. You gotta learn your audience. So if I know that we're in a saloon type setting, I'm gonna talk about drinking. I'm going to talk about good times, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it brings, it draws them out more. So kind of like read, read the room, huh? Read the room. <laughs> Not only reading the living, but you got to read the dead also, you know, they got to like you. Yeah. And right. I will tell you, if they don't like you, they're throwing things at you. Right. <laughs> they're not talking to you. Right. It's like a frat house. Yeah, yeah. Give them a hard time. Don't say anything. What, what are some of the most, or what is maybe the most surprising location that, that you go into routinely down there? Ooh. I think all the buildings, like I said, they're commercial buildings, so I don't know who I'm going to run into. So one of the things I teach my tour guides is do not assume that same ghost is in here tonight. You will play the same game. We're doing it in a scientific format where we're going to ask them to go through the letters of the alphabet. Give me the letter of your first name. Tell me if you're male or female. And yeah, let's determine. Like I said, if you call a ghost out by the wrong name, they're not going to answer you because, right. hey, you're acknowledging somebody else, not me. So why am I going to help you out? Right. So most of the buildings they're exciting every night every tour is different so we're fortunate enough to be able to go into the same buildings every night so we get to study so our tour guides actually write a report within 48 hours of who they encounter what they encounter and who triggered what so we actually have documentation of all our tours so it's kind of neat what are some of the i don't know findings that you have that you've discovered through looking at that data is it is anything correlating to you that suggests uh, repetitive behavior or yeah yeah so like I said like the saloon itself they like drinking so when we talk about drinking they come out and talk a little bit more to us um, there's certain children that are in the building that want certain toys they like celebrating the holidays so we actually bring gifts for our ghosts at Christmas time oh, awesome. I do an egg hunt at Easter for my ghosts oh, that's great. I mean it's and people think it's crazy I'm like but that's what they want you know I, I buy toys for them um, our tour guides have now once they realize that and I when they first start I always go how do you feel about a ghost going home with you and they're like what do you mean I'm like they're guaranteed to go home with you <laughs> I used to say maybe they'll go home with you but yeah. no the ghost will go home with you because they want to check you out they want to see what you're all about and if they like you they'll help you become a tour guide if not they're going to scare you to where you're not going to be one to be a tour guide with me. Oh my God. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that walk out, you know? Yeah. Do you remember a story of someone that was just like, yeah, no, no, we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. Or they had, you know, a ghost follow them home and then they said, decided that it wasn't for them. Yes. So I, I always get the, you know, interview questions. Oh, I love, I want to be a tour guide for you. I love horror movies. I love haunted houses. You know, I love everything scary. And then they go to do the tour and they'll go, that was the real deal. I'm like, yes. It's not, you know, tonight wasn't so scary. And they'll go, you mean I have to go set that up by myself in the dark? Yes. Really? No, but, but that's too scary. Yes. <laughs> but that's a real ghost. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, I had one that ended up doing the tours for a little while and then said, they came home with me. I, I, I want them to leave. I'm like, well, just ask them to leave. Tell them they need to come back. You know, they need to come back. 
and you know tell them you don't want them there <laughs> yeah. but they just yeah and they ended up quitting because they didn't want the ghosts at their house Fascinating. yeah so now that's my disclosure they will follow you home i'm not i don't even do the maybes anymore so yeah but they're not going to harm you for the most part does that make sense they just want to check you out i mean things move door shut they you know they'll wake up and they'll see a figure by their bed or something like that so you know you you started this adventure you know and telling me about the start of your adventure that you're scared of ghosts oh i'm terrified you grew up and and you're terrified now oh yeah because i know what they can do you know we've had this discussion before with those people they're like so you're a ghost hunter and you're scared of ghosts. I'm like, yes, I'm actually a ghost ambassador. I don't like the word hunting so much. <laughs> I like to think that I'm communicating with them. I'm not really taking them out or anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, so let's use the word ghost ambassador with them. Uh, I'm just relaying what they want to tell me and tell this to others. So when they appear, they want something and I, I try to figure out its clue. It's like charades actually. Do you mean, do you want me to close the door or open the door? I'm not understanding you. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, it took me three years to figure out one of the ghost names one time. And um, when it happens, it happens. It's kind of like when I'm walking through a museum, I'll see a picture and I'm like, that's who you are. Gotcha. I'm a slow learner. Sorry. (laughs) It only took me three years to figure out, Miss Katie, it's you. You know, so it's kind of neat when it does happen. And you go back into that session, you know, and go, hey, guys, I'm going to try something new tonight. Miss Katie, are you here? Mm -hmm. And you get a flashlight that turns on or dowsing rods that cross for yes, because, yes, you finally figured out who I am. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of neat about that kind of stuff. And we try to keep that legacy or their history alive for them and make sure that their story is told correctly. Yeah. And your ability to do that, but not only not only that, but share it with other people like in, in physical space, I think is so important, right? Yeah. Because people are yeah. coming away from, you know, having a different impression of not only like what could be, but what could be for them and their relationship to it, you know? So we're in Orlando, but we do go everywhere. We have a program called Highway to Haunts. We go to different haunted cities and we put a whole program together and you can join us overnight on that stuff. But most of our tours are done here in Orlando, Florida, and you can go to American Ghost Adventures dot com and then choose a date and time and we'll see you there that's so amazing thanks so much yeah (laughs) Ooh, very nice thank you so much for joining us on night drift and i hope it's uh only the first time and then i'm gonna have to go on one of these tours absolutely come see us (laughs) all right thank you team